This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. After barely surviving her last election in 2022, she tried to cool it with the antics. But instead, the Boebert show went global with the grope heard round the world. So will 2024 prove to be the end of her political career? My producer Paul Caroli and I are digging through all the latest muck with a couple of returning guests, Ian Silveri and Jason Bain. They are Democratic Party operatives, the co-hosts of the Get More Smarter podcast, and they know Boebert's political future as well as anyone. And yes, this episode has some explicit moments. Today is Wednesday, December 20th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Ian Silveri and Jason Bain, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Hey, thanks for having us. Oh my gosh, we're so happy to be here. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hey, Paul. <laughs> well, um, I guess uh, I lost a bet, so it's my job to explain what we're going to try to do here. Is that how this works? <laughs> you guys just like bet? Sometimes. What was the bet? Uh, oh, I feel like there, was, there wasn't a bet. There was, I was we, like, probably we talked like, about it. you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so was the bet that you have to talk to us? That was the loser? <laughs> no, no. We knew we wanted to talk Explain. to you two. We definitely Explain. knew that. Explain where we are, why we're talking about what we're talking about. <laughs> but about a month ago, I had this crazy idea. You know, Lauren Boebert had such a big year. She's so fun to talk about it. I see in our numbers, our audience loves when we talk about it. I think you guys probably see the same thing. Yeah. So what if we did like a big Lauren Boebert, you know, Christmas special or like an end of the year? Like, where is she? And then Ian, we talked and you were like, well, there's actually a lot of new information that's happening. I think people would probably want to know about. It. And so that's that's what we want to know about. She's made plenty of news through uh, the what we call the Beetlebert scandal uh, mm -hmm. back in September. But ever since then, it's not like she's been quiet. It's not like she's been doing nothing. She's just been doing like slightly lower boil stuff. And uh, we see the same thing in our audience. So that Jason and I were jokingly referring to this as the Lauren Boebert 2024 holiday clicktacular special. Yes. <laughs> we're probably going to get a bunch of those as a result of this. Do you, what is that right now? Is this like lefties circling the circling the, the wagons or something? It's like just what's a happening? What is this moment? Man? It's just you can't not you can't look away. It's every day. There's like another insane infraction. She spent last week in New York City with George Santos while he's making like 300 that. grand a month on Cameo. Cameo. And I think for Republicans, it's, we'll get into this, but I think the, the Beetlebird scandal was the, the nail in her coffin. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that. But I, I think even Republicans now are like, oh my God, Lauren Boebert. I, and and hmm. they're sort of on the, where the liberals were like getting annoyed with her. Now everyone's sort of annoyed with her and she's... She's gone bipartisan in that way. <laughs> so the great uniter, Lauren Boebert. Well, let's get into one of these things because because there's one in particular, Ian, that, and you said you found this story. This is a, a picture. Well, uh, this wasn't me to be Leadville clear. With the Leadville 100. Yeah, where did this come from? A friend What's of mine is just, you know, out there scrolling the internet, looking at photos and okay. comes across this picture. Of, and it's like pattern recognition. Like when you look at something long enough, you tend to see it faster or more places, right? So he sees like baseball hat, 
And he's like, well, wait a second. And there she is at the finish line for the Leadville 100 bicycle race. And she's cheering someone on. Hmm. Lo and behold, who is she hmm. cheering on? But one Quinn Gallagher. So bar owner she's been seen with. She's the he's the Beetlebert guy. He's the guy. Okay. In the Beetlebert. Mm-hmm. You've all uh, seen the videos. We don't have to belabor the, the point here. And, yeah. Well, he was a groper. A little bit of both. Both, yeah. both. I guess I so. Say. I thought they were against gropers. So here's the headline from the UK Daily Mail, who is now apparently the British tabs are reporting on like Colorado <laughs> cycling races. This is how. Yeah. This is how. You have any idea how that happened, by the way? I no, nah, I can't really say. The universe <laughs> is a wonderful place, and sometimes things just bang around, and here we are. So here's the headline, which is like one of those. Long UK headlines. Exclusive, all read. Lauren Boebert used campaign funds to buy tickets to cheer boyfriend Quinn Gallagher onto this, I fucking love this shade, 774th place in grueling Colorado <laughs> bike ride weeks before a couple were kicked out of Beetlejuice performance. So this like- That's the headline. Begs a bunch, of, that's the entire headline. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I, I didn't paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> so like this begs a couple questions. Because, like, she told TMZ during this, like, same period of time, she, like, implied. She's really good at this. She's, like, kind of, like, lies by omission. Where she doesn't, like, say what's happening. But she implied that that was her first date. It wasn't. Because back in whenever this was, July, she was spending campaign money on seeing her boyfriend, then boyfriend, I guess, at the race. Leadville's not in her district. Campaign money? Yeah. How do you know it was campaign money? Because she has to disclose it. Because she spent $339 on event tickets for the Leadville 100 MTB race in August. That's when it was. Uh, Bobert has realized long ago, like Colorado Polls was the first to report this in like uh, November 2020. After she had won her first election, before she was sworn in, that she had spent $20,000 on campaign funds for quote unquote mileage reimbursement, which is the equivalent of driving around the planet one and a half times. District's not that big. It's not pretty that big. It's big, but, but it's not, not big, yeah. circumnavigate the globe one and a half times big. But nothing happened from that. And so I think she's realized that people oh, are gonna look that I can just spend well, they might and they might file a ethics complaint, but Nothing will happen. But this is what George Santos got actually like ethics committee violation for was spending oh. campaign money on Hermes and OnlyFans right. and all sorts of other stuff. So like the line seems pretty blurry, especially when it comes to enforcement. But this wasn't actually the end of the story at the Leadville 100 because we like unpacked the finances of this whole thing. So check it out. On July 31st of this year, Bobert's campaign paid Hoochcraft Cocktail Bar $317 for event catering. That is Quinn Gallagher's bar in Aspen, which famously hosted drag shows, which she is yes. ethically, allegedly against. against. Right. Um, on August 11th that year, uh, her campaign uh, Facebook page posted about her appearance at a veterans event in Archuleta County at the same time. Bobert's official Facebook account uh, posted about her visiting a community forum in Alamosa. Then he competed the Leadville 100, and then she spent campaign money on a hotel in at the Fairfield Inn and Suites. So she's spending campaign money to go see her boyfriend and then like sneaking across the border back to her own district to have a little event and then coming back and like doing boyfriend stuff. It's all weird. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I would say that this particular affair has not helped her campaign. No. I I think it ended it. You do? I do. Why? The Beetlebert thing, the, the vaping and the groping and the yelling and the taking pictures and videos and yelling at a pregnant woman. And the do you know who I am classic. Right. Yeah. That made her embarrassing to the establishment Republicans in a different way. 
How? I want to talk about this. <laughs> this is where I'm super bothered. Go on. I, you know, the thing I think that bothers them the most is the do you know who I am part. Is it that? Huh. I do. I do think so. Because the focus so. felt a lot like on her behavior that felt to me a little slut shaming. So but, I disagree slightly. And, and so okay. here's where I'll agree with you and disagree with you respectfully. I, yes, of course, I think that's part of it. And I think there's all plenty of sexism baked in all of this. But I think it's just the hypocrisy. And if you're an establishment Republican, she is shining a bright flashlight on the fact that you guys don't exactly always say what you mean to mean what you say, right? So here she is on the one hand decrying drag shows and talking about traditional family values and shaming trans kids and doing all sorts of nasty stuff. Right. And then over here, she's like getting frisky and free in a theater, which like doesn't bother me as a human being. The hypocrisy is what bothers me. And it made Republicans, establishment Republicans who have stood by her feel dumb, I think, and and feel... that was something that she couldn't defend. She couldn't blame Joe Biden for that. <laughs> you know, she couldn't say it was the media that uh, trapped her. Although, you know, online, some of these right-wing forums, they have tried to imply that this was some kind of a setup. Which Quinn is, Gallagher, Democrat, by the way, he's hilarious. not a Democrat, oh, yeah. never Hope has been a, one. We looked him up. He's feels... unaffiliated. Right. But it's a false flag. He was a setup. It was, she, oh. he he seduced her into a theater and yes. then planted the camera right at the, <laughs> yes. it's wacky stuff, y'all. But that's the other part of it is that there was no this was not political this was just like a a reflection of who she really is and there was no way to cover it up with politics and i think it made a lot of republicans go Ew, gross okay sure however here's my beef i came across two gazette editorials and one was uh they endorsed her challenger jeff hurd mm-hmm. and this is a quote Bobert has a seemingly intractable image problem, which has manifested in lackluster financial support. She appears divisive at a time when voters want peace. Western Slope voters value statesmanship, moderation, diplomacy, and soft-spoken strength, none of which defines their member of the House. They perceive Bobert as seeking celebrity status more than results, which they frown upon. Okay, backtrack. <laughs> Gazette, have you heard of Donald Trump? Gazette endorsement, Donald <laughs> Trump 2020. <laughs> Quote, oh, we get it. Trump's personality and character traits nauseate a significant segment of voters. Colorado's mostly white-collar population finds no charm in Trump's brazen, crude, and unconventional unconventional demeanor, see Winston Churchill. Yet, never has a presidential candidate's persona been less relevant. So, Trump can do it. Trump can grab him by the pussy. Lauren Boebert can't get felt up. In Beetlejuice? Like, what is... I genuinely... I don't want to defend her, but misogyny is, like, stinking off of this story to me. This is also about winning and losing. Boebert came within 546 votes of not being reelected. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president, which means you've got, you know, essentially a 50-50 chance of being president. Boebert... According to polling and anecdotal data and everything and fundraising, she's likely to lose in 2024. So part of why now is like, you know, Trump could win, so we're gonna stay with him. Bobert is gonna lose. We need someone else before she loses. But I think it all goes back to her being a woman is partially why she's in this position. I mean, they're making the same argument against 
different people for different people. They're like, please ignore this man because he's a dude and he gets to do it. And then over here, we're judgy, judgy. The other thing I just want to point out is like, let's not get too crazy and assume that the Gazette editorial board is intellectually honest or consistent. No, but I, or... I, it was the best example in the state that I could find of what I felt the moment I saw the Bobert like stuff picking up. on the misogyny. It was just like, oh, this is now our problem with Lauren Bobert. Now we have a problem with her. And Trump does the same shit, but worse on a larger but stage Trump can win. for decades. Right. Right. But Trump, I guess you're right. So that's the answer. Trump can win. To Jason's point, let's talk about the district's fundamentals a little bit because I think it's important. The district was drawn by the redistricting commission to basically be an R plus 10, right? That means Republicans should have a 10 point margin, 55, 45, essentially in a two-way race every normal election. Um, in the first time she won, she won by 10 points. So the district, they didn't really know what she was getting into. So she won the district by the numbers that the district kind of dictates all by itself. Um, Progress Now Colorado organization I used to run did a poll in April of 2022 that showed the generic vote for Congress among CD3 residents was 38 Democrat, 49 Republicans. So that's 11. So that backs that up, right? When they asked Boebert versus Frisch head to head, it was a dead heat. It was 50-50 with like a small margin of error. So she's underperforming the district by almost 10 points, if not more, right? That's the problem right there. Regardless because a generic of this Republican problem well, situation. Well, the decorum is why she's that bad, right? If she were Doug Lamborn, we wouldn't be talking about her. Well, here, here's that's where I want to talk about, because I ever since the Beetlebird scandal, I reached out to Bobert's office for an interview was declined, um, but I've got on her email list. And so I keep track of what she's been doing now since then. Oh, they and, popped you on the press list. Yeah, that's great. It is great. Honestly, <laughs> I can follow what she's actually doing because you, you Democrats, to be honest, always are hitting her for like well, what not, they say she's doing. <laughs> exactly what they say she's doing. Right. But no, what they she's say doing she's it. doing is actual meaningful legislation that I think seems to matter to conservatives in her district, like this Pueblo Jobs she's Act. It's about really changing hard. a chemical depot. Yep. Yeah, she's trying really hard. The wolves thing is the big one, I think, because she's trying to delist gray wolves at the exact time that gray wolves are going to be reintroduced to the state. The Cattlemen's Association sued to stop this. So There's at least one them. more. Yeah, so yeah. she yeah, wants people to be able to shoot them, right. which, she, which yeah. is what ranchers want. Those are Western Slope issues. She understands that she needs to appear to be focusing on Western Slope issues, a lot of the stuff she's doing in Congress is going nowhere and isn't going to pass. And she just points out that, look, I drafted you know, something. But she she seems to understand that it's, it's been, what, four four years almost? Yeah. And, and she's never really done anything. Well, this district. is what I mean. Put it this way. Like, she's doing this right now. Yeah. As a result of her super close call in 2022, and suddenly she's into legislating, and suddenly she's into bills, and suddenly she's into Pueblo. None of that was happening for the last three years, right? It's only as a result of her super close election that she's like, oh, crap. I can't just be right-wing celebrity on the internet. I have to actually do stuff for the people who sent me there because I'm because I've tanked my own number so badly I can't win in a safe Republican district automatically. But she's got time. You know, we got six months. Yeah. The primary's in June. You yeah. know, if, if she delivers on Gray Wolves, if she can get her rancher constituents a big win. Have you seen this Congress? <laughs> I, I have, I, I've heard a few things about this Congress. There is no way she gets a bill passed. Well, no chance. She just has no... What would you do if you were her? I would have done this a long time ago, but 
I think she's doing what she should do. I just, it's too, too late. Hmm. Uh, and because this Congress is so dysfunctional under these House Republicans who hate government, I, I don't see how anything gets bad. They've in, you know, since this Republican led Congress has been in session, they've passed a budget and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, the end of the yeah. list. Oh, they, and they, they threw out their house speaker. Oh Yeah. They oh, did. That's and that's all. That was a good vote. That was so you guys were saying too little, too late. Brittany likes to say that she voted for Hakeem Jeffries like 27 times. And that's the most <laughs> votes she's taken in Congress. This is your wife, Brittany Pedersen, yeah, who represents sorry. Lakewood. Right. Yeah. And I just, so to your point, I, I don't see how she, any of that. I don't see how anybody passes anything. So you think she has no chance? Uh, of ha getting this stuff Of holding on to her seat. I, I don't think no chance, but I think it's, I, I'd put it at 80-20. Mm. Against? Against. Like primary and general or yeah, primary? Both. Because she okay. has to. I think I'm with you on that, but I think she wins the primary and then loses the general. Because win oh, or lose the primary, the primary. Okay. she drains a majority of her resources. Correct. Because she has to survive that in order to win the general. And then she'll walk into a $5 million Adam Frisch buzzsaw. So she's crippled coming out of the primary, even if she wins. And the, you should never be in the situation as an incumbent in a safe district. Like the plan here is to like raise enough to scare off any legitimate primary opponent, make sure you crush them in the primary. Like, you know, she beat Don Corum, you know, 65, 35. That's how that's supposed to look. And then win the general by a huge margin that matches your district's fundamentals and then do it again in two years. She beat Corum 65-35, but then only beat Frisch by 546 votes. And now she's in the untenable position. And this is rare for an incumbent member of Congress of having a very hard primary and a very hard general. And at the same time, her fundraising is going down because the bigger groups, the bigger donors are leaving her. And the grassroots folks are walking away for the reasons we discussed earlier. They're like Some of them are actual like true believer like right wing evangelical like moralist types and they like can't give money to the Beetlebert lady. A large part of her sure. money comes from small donors out of state who like when she says sort of part of the the MAGA contingent. Yeah, it's Bingo. like she presses the Joe Biden is a jerk button and then they send her five dollars. Okay. And do you <laughs> no. think that that's worn off as well? I think she I think that's what is keeping her afloat. There point, are other better people who aren't as morally hazardous as she is in that lane right now. Like if that's your game, give to Marjorie Taylor Greene or Chip Roy or Ted Cruz. Like there's plenty of hands out. But she's not running against them. She's running against this. Yeah, but they're guy. saying like that nationally, national people. when national people I know people she has donate. this asset. She has a very strong brand nationally. People are supporting her nationally. Right. But she's running against this guy, but Jeff Hurd. This is why I think that she's actually going to be okay in the primary because the electorate that's going to vote in the Colorado Republican primary in 20. 2024 is very specifically grassrootsy, real conservative Western Slope and Southern Colorado Republicans. So that's why I'm not as bullish as Jason is on her chances of losing the primary, because I think most people will be like, Herd's either a wet blanket or a rhino or too moderate or whatever, and we need a fighter and she's our fighter. And in the general, if it was Bobert Herd, Herd would probably win the general election if it was just the two of them somehow. But in Colorado, we have partisan primaries and then partisan general elections. So only Republicans in the primary and then a D versus an R typically in the general. And I think she'll beat Heard by a 60 to 40 type 55, 45, maybe if she's having a really bad night margin. And then I think Frisch probably beats her by like up to five points in the general. Yeah, I think it's hmm. I think it's tighter in, in the primary because of the way it's going right now. You've got 
the Gazette newspaper endorsing her opponent out of, you know, kind of out of nowhere. And which, like a weird time on the clock, too. Like yeah, weird time in the early year. December. Right. Six that, month, yeah. That signals to me, and I, I think to Ian also, that, that there are big players, big Republican names who are pushing this. The establishment flare gun went up. Right. And they were like, get her out. Yeah. Because they probably need that time to get this new guy. It's former like Senator Hank this. Brown. University of Colorado, former president, Bruce Benson, former attorney general and mayor of Colorado Springs, John Southers, Bill Owens, former last Republican governor, Jane Norton, last Republican lieutenant governor. So these are the big wigs. These are the, you know, Phil Anschutz owns the Gazette. They all probably go to the same golf club or whatever. And so the word went out. they're probably supporting Heard. Right. Yep. They are. They are supporting Heard. Cut her loose. And these are all, they have all endorsed Heard. And, and they've, they've been specific about saying, we don't think Boebert can win a general election anymore we need heard um well one last thing i just want to talk about really quick is like um we talked a little bit about trump but when we're talking about trump on the ballot right it's like we're looking towards a presidential election in 2024 possibly trump versus biden um probably like almost surely but i feel like that also is just brings more that we know that more people vote during these elections like do you think that trump's name on this ballot will impact her chances in any way i i don't think it helps i think it helps turnout perhaps in her district but it doesn't necessarily mean turnout for her yeah not for her um but you know it's hard to to i i would expect turnout to be lower than it has been relatively to other presidential races because colorado's not on the map anymore no we have worked ourselves right into that blue side we're solid blue it's not there's not going to be a single dime spent by a presidential election in this state. There's no reason. But to your to point it. about Trump, which is an interesting one, the generic presidential vote, or rather the named presidential vote in that district in April of last year, Biden 41, Trump 49. So 49% of CD3 voters are willing to pull the lever for Donald Trump, despite it all, and a congressional Republican. But, but more of them it, will vote for Biden than will vote for Boebert. That's a great way to put it, actually. And when it comes to Boebert, it is 45-45. 45 for Frisch, 45 for Boebert, the other 10, undecided. So it's going to be a tough one. But I, I think I, I think we'd both be surprised at this point if a year from now, Lauren Boebert is still in Congress. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Different pathways to defeat. Right. But I think we're both like pretty convinced that she's on the losing side of the coin right now. And she did it to herself. Well, <laughs> Ian and Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. Hey, it's great to be here. You too, Paul. See you next time, Bree. After we recorded this conversation with Jason and Ian, the Colorado Supreme Court shifted the balance of power in this race. The Denver Post reported that the court ruled Tuesday in a 4-3 decision that former President Donald Trump is barred from appearing on a primary ballot in Colorado. The case is widely expected to go before the U.S. Supreme Court, so we'll keep you posted as the story develops. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a Colorado Congressional District 3 voter about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. We have an entire text group that can't reference anything past like 2001. Yeah. Because like most people are like in their 40s and just stopped watching TV at that point. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So it's all like, you know, Home Alone came back in a good way this holiday season. Good film.